0: Welcome back to The Swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today, I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true middle-of-nowhere and rural horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in The Swamp. And stories like yours help keep this show going on a daily basis. Be sure to slap that like button. It helps us grow here in the swamp. If you're new, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications as I upload new videos almost every single day on all things natural and supernatural. Now, let's jump into these creepy, and allegedly true, middle of nowhere and rural horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. UFO Encounters in the Woods by Garidus It is rather funny that I just found out about your show, considering I'm a real life swamp dweller myself. I live in a hamlet that's smaller than a village named Swamp, and an actual swamp. My house is on the far outskirts of it. All alone in the middle of the woods with a bubbling creek running around the house and two sloping hills on either side. I call myself the real life Shrek, but on to the story. This happened at this house around 25 years ago when I was around 10. Back then, the house was a holiday house a refurnished water mill that had been in the family for over 200 years. The time the story takes place, or at least the first part of it anyway, was summertime. And during that childhood time off, it was, of course, summer break. Even the parents took vacation days so we could all enjoy our time together. And it wasn't just us, but also a friend of mine at the time, and his mother was also there. We played, ran in the woods and the swamp together, explored and so on but the event in the story happened on the third day it was right after lunchtime or so i was surprised when all of the adults started displaying extreme lethargy and even i rather sleepy and tired for some reason out of nowhere which was never the case said that we should all take an afternoon nap and everybody else agreed it was strange since we all talked about how busy we wanted to stay that day when I noticed that a friend of mine, who will stay unnamed, didn't look sleepy or lethargic at all. So I wanted to see what was going on with them. I honestly felt bad about leaving him awake alone, but my head hit the pillow pretty hard and I was about to fall asleep. But that's when I noticed something and I forced myself to stand up again and go down the stairs towards the exit. When I went to the outside, it seemed like it was too bright even for the middle of the day. I stepped on the veranda and saw my friend walking toward me annoyedly. I didn't know what was happening or why he looked annoyed, but something told me to look up. There were some voices in my head, so I did. I saw straight up high in the sky, too high it was beyond the clouds. Around these clouds was a cigar-shaped thing. I thought it was a UFO, and uh, I was looking at it in broad daylight. I thought it could be a plane for just a moment, but it had no wings and was hovering completely still. In shock... I looked at my friend and yelled, Look up! Do you see that? He looked up, but his expression remained the same. And as we both looked, the craft started moving forward. Slowly, at this, speeding up, faster and faster, until it zipped away so quickly I couldn't believe it. Like one of those science fiction movies. I swiftly ran into the house and tried to wake up my mom and tell her what we saw. But, well... No one would believe two kids that they just saw a UFO, especially if one of them wasn't even trying to sound convincing. And that was it for a very, very long time. I tried explaining the story off as some weird hallucination, but after some time I gave up. Many years later, I stopped being with that friend and meeting with them, and I had a strange revelation. I suddenly remembered all the events all over again, but this time some very scary and questionable details emerged. First of all, the moment I looked through the exit, I saw the very bright light. I saw my friend at the end of the grass clearing by the creek. He seemed so distant, and by him standing was two weird figures. One was tall, about six feet tall, and the other was only about three feet tall. They were talking when the tall one noticed me staring at them. And then the two looked very upset at the friend when he turned towards me and started walking while the other two vanished in the yellow whitest flash-beaming skywards. And that's where my previous memory resumed, only knowing I had to look skyward to see the UFO flying off. After this revelation, a few more things started clicking in my mind, such as why the patch of ground where those two stood over had a discolored patch of grass for nearly two decades. Why that friend never again returned to the house why everyone was supposed to be passed out for whatever reason, for whatever they were doing, and how I somehow interrupted them. But why didn't they get in the house? Or why during the day? Why did they stay so far away from the house? Later I learned from my grandmother that the valley the house was built on used to be a refuge for people hiding from raids, and that there were plenty of shrines and the like around. Also, a self-proclaimed witch visited the place, calling it a ley-line nexus and a safe place from evil. But I'm not so sure how much you can believe in that stuff. It's definitely a strange and crazy memory that I'll forever remember. This story could have been more spooky, sensational, long, and interesting. But, in my experience, it was something that changed my life forever. Small Town Murder by... OK category. In May 2022, I worked at a gas station and truck stop in a small town outside of Houston in Dallas. For most of my time working there, I was a night shift employee from 3 to 11pm. To make this short, let me add a little background on the business and some minor details about the town I was in. The town is rather small and rural. The closest shopping center is quite a few hours away, and one of the only grocery stores in town is Dollar General. The store I worked at was right next to an interstate that went throughout Texas, so we got a lot of customers, especially on weekends. We typically saw a lot of truckers, churchgoers, and people traveling with their little leap teams. Now that the basics are covered, I can tell you about the events that took place that May. On May 12th, around 1.50 pm, I got ready for work. It was a typical day, thus far until I got an emergency alert stating, escaped armed convict male. This was strange, considering the nearest prison to me was an all-female prison and was more than 45 minutes away. Despite the alert, everyone was still required to attend their shift. Three o'clock rolls around and we're all standing around the break room waiting to clock in. I remember everyone being super on edge, people whispering about the Amber Alert trying to get more details about what was happening. Nonetheless, we got to work. Typically we get two breaks that were about 15 minutes each, equating to 30 minutes in total. This was awful, but we made do. This isn't really important, but it does add context. We were not allowed to go outside for our breaks due to the alert and for our safety. The night shift crew was hands down the best group of people to work with, but on the first night of the unpleasant week, it was not the A-Team. Once we clocked in, it was like there was a floodgate that opened for all the police and TDCJ, Texas Department of Criminal Justice officers, to come in. We had hundreds and hundreds of people coming in for some barbecue sandwiches and simple pizzas. And one of my favorite co-workers was the front end of it all. She was helping people left and right while making sure she was doing her shift-leading duties. I ran back and forth from the jerky case to the deli case, trying to get as many people out as possible. It was a very crazy night. Everyone searching for this convict was passing through our store, just trying to get nourishment for the long night ahead. That night, my co-worker and I only got a break each after helping what felt like a thousand officers, but it was not in vain. We did end up getting some information from the people on the search. Things like what this man looked like and what he was going to prison for. There were possible ideas of where this guy was heading and they thought it was towards San Antonio, about an hour away from where we were. Now, I need some more background on the town I was in. Like I said before, the town was very rural. There were farms and ranches everywhere and tons of wooded areas. Also, to mention again, we were right on an interstate so there were plenty of places to hide and run. I will spare you all the boring details of my week and get into the horrifying part. The search for this waste of life lasted three whole weeks. On June 2nd, he broke into a ranch house only a few miles from town. While in there, he managed to find a razor, shave his head, and cleaned up his face. He ate the food that the family had left. It's unknown how long he was in the house or if he had been wandering around and just found this empty one. Well, that day, a family of five walked into the ranch and found this piece of scum in there. The convict murdered this family. A grandfather and his four grandsons were brutally murdered. He shot them and then robbed them of the grandfather's truck and some guns. A relative hadn't heard anything from the family in a couple of hours and knew of the situation that was going on in this town. They called the police, and when they found the bodies... There was a national alert that went off telling everyone to be on the lookout for a white truck. This was difficult for every officer because there were so many surrounding towns and they couldn't even know what direction or how long ago this person had left. I don't know how they did it or what efforts they exhausted, but they managed to find the truck and set out spike strips to pop the wheels. The convict got out of the vehicle and started shooting at the police who returned shots. Eventually, their shots landed, and the man was declared dead. Three weeks of torment, for everyone in my town, was finally over. This guy managed to kill five innocent people. Children. This man killed children. In Texas, we have the death penalty, and I genuinely believe he got what he deserved. My mom told me once that it was over. There was a photo of his body on the internet, and to this day it's still on Twitter. I look at that photo sometimes, and honestly... I feel like the trapped air in my lungs came out at the same time. This idiot was dead. Followed down dark, rural roads. By Natural Edged. This happened about a year ago and remained in the top three of the scariest moments of my life. I was living in a rural county town in the mountains. It was so rural that there was only one road to take you in and out of the city. About fifty miles of pitch black cliffs, fields, and the occasional farm. At the beginning of this road, when you first leave the big city, a vast gas station is always packed. This will be important. My mom and I had seen the midnight showing of some movie and were heading home. We often stopped at the gas station to get a drink and fill up on gas for the long ride home. As we were leaving, I vaguely noticed a dingy green jeep pull out behind us, but I put this out of my mind. People came and went from businesses all the time. The jeep drove behind us for about 5-10 minutes, keeping a reasonable distance. Again, it's really not that weird, but suddenly the car comes flying past us and down the way. My mom, who was driving, just scoffs and rolls her eyes. We were driving a comfortable 50 miles per hour, but those who knew the roads well would often go over 100 even at night, and zoom past anyone going slower. Our annoyance at the unsafe driving quickly turns into anxiety. The jeep is pulled over on the side of the road with its hazards on. The back half of this car is partially in the road, and there's some, some sort of man's arm sticking out the driver's side window gesturing for us to pull over. My mom doesn't slow down, and just goes around him. We are both on edge but it only intensifies as he flies past us again, pulls over, and gestures for us to pull over. He does this once more before things get genuinely terrifying. After we pass him the third time, he tailgates us at least 60 miles per hour. He's so close that his headlights aren't even visible in the rearview mirror, only the vague shape of his silhouette behind the windshield. He blares on his horn every few seconds, sticking his arm out the window to wave at us. This carries on for a half an hour. My mom is starting to hyperventilate, constantly increasing in speed as she tries to escape. I'm sobbing and clutching a pocket knife to make myself feel somewhat better, more than anything. And even though I'm not proud of it, I'm screaming at her, ''Don't you dare pull over!'' If you've ever seen the movie Rest Stop, that was all that was going through my mind. I can only picture us getting murdered or worse on the side of a dark, lonely road in the middle of nowhere. There's no service until you hit town and that we couldn't call police or anyone for quite some time. But just as I'm about to throw up from the nerves, the man slams on his brakes, turns around, and returns the way he came. We went the rest of the way home in silence. My mom and I talked about it for quite a long time the next day, and we figured he had seen us, two lone women, driving down a dark road and thought we would be easy pickings, and he would have been right. Some people I've told this story to suggest that we dropped cash or a receipt at the gas station and they were just trying to be a good Samaritan and return it to us. But let's be real, I highly doubt that. Nobody's trying to chase us down at 1am on a dark country road. Nobody who does that has good intentions. Nobody's going that hard to give you a receipt or some sort of cash you dropped. Here's the weird thing. A few weeks later this same jeep did the same thing to a group of men carpooling to work at 7am. If he's going to do this strange activity with four men during the daybreak, it makes me wonder what his intentions are. First off, I would like to start by saying that I am not a professional rider by any means, but have always been attracted by everything paranormal. I was not always the bravest person as a kid. But I liked it all even still. I have experienced many things throughout my life. Some things that seem like they are from a movie or a book. This time I will be telling you of a more mild and a little less strange thing that happened to me while walking home one night. Before I start, I will give you a little bit of background, so you better understand my story. I was born and raised in a small town in Mexico. Everyone knew everyone and even though we had cars, we had all mostly walked everywhere. There was crime, but it was exceedingly rare, and nothing violent really ever happened. I am the youngest of five, and my parents were rarely ever home. This meant I was able to stay up late and go pretty much anywhere I wanted. My hometown is in sort of a valley, with most of the town on one side of the tallest hills. My house was on a block right on the foothills of the steepest hill of my street, directly perpendicular to the two main streets leading up to it. One of these streets was essentially a main road. It was used to go up to a hill which was used for religious traditions. Anyway, this main road was mostly populated by family with my grandmother on my mom's side of the family living near the middle of the hill. Her house itself was small, but the plot was big and had my aunt's houses scattered around it. This was still quite a long walk from my street, probably five minutes of walking. My family was a very typical Mexican family and would gather at her house pretty much every single night. On one night, I ended up staying way past my usual time with a few cousins. By the time I started heading home, it was well past midnight. There were street lights, but they were very spaced out along the street, which was blocked off by a bunch of trees, making my area very dark. It was creepy, especially for a kid, but the moon was out and it helped ease my nerves just a bit. I began walking downhill toward my house the entire time. I just kept feeling weird, like I was being followed. I did not necessarily feel like I was in danger, I guess, but I felt very uneasy. The entire walk my heart felt like it was going to jump into my throat. I kept walking down the street having to look back and around every so often. Eventually, I reached the corner, turned toward my house, and now I was on my street. There has been a house that has been abandoned for an exceptionally long time. It has always given me the creeps, and it was the third house from the corner. I was just about to walk by it. Every time I walked by, I would always walk on the opposite side of the street, which did not even have a sidewalk. I would have walked through that same path that night, but this time it was blocked off by these huge piles of sand and dirt, probably some kind of construction work nearby. That, combined with a huge delivery truck parked on the curb belonging to my neighbors, forced me to walk in the middle of the street. As I approached the house, I had to mentally prepare and give myself the courage to walk in front of it. My heart began racing. I was always scared of the house, but for some reason, that night just seemed so much worse somehow. I forced myself to keep walking, and as I did, I heard someone call me from the direction of the house. I froze, my heart in my mouth, and turned to look, but I did not see anyone or anything. I felt a huge wave of relief wash over me. I began breathing again, and I had been apparently holding my breath. I was about to start walking again when I heard the voice again this time. I turned to look at a boy. He looked to be about my age at the time, maybe a little bit younger. It struck me as odd more than anything to see a kid my age standing right next to me. I did not even think twice about the fact that I could see him perfectly even though he was standing in the dark. No lights coming from an abandoned house, and even a tree blocking the moon in streetlight. He kept standing there unmoving for a few more moments, not saying a word, just kind of staring at me. The whole time I was trying to process what was going on, he spoke again, asking me to go with him, saying we would play together. I kept trying to speak but could not seem to form words. It felt like hours went by. The whole time I was frozen in place, just staring at this kid, my racing mind, and now realized, he seemed to be glowing. I began to tremble the entire time. I kept trying to move to scream, but I I just couldn't. I couldn't even move to, to run. I wanted to get away desperately. That kid stood there staring back at me, not moving, not blinking. He spoke one more time before walking a few steps closer to me. He seemed to pass like a shadow or something as he walked. His figure turned dark and then became bright again. As this happened, he called my name. My full name. And then I realized he looked like me, somehow. Th- th- this, sh- this shook to my core. I jerked back at the sight of this. It was me, but the eyes were all wrong. They looked like they were full of hatred. I, I regained control of myself. I screamed no at whatever this thing was and ran faster than I ever have before in my entire life. I still have no idea what that thing was. It didn't seem to follow me, and I never saw it again after that. It still scares me to think back to that day. People ask all the time here to try to figure out what it is that they saw, but I honestly kind of don't want to know. Anyway... If you do decide to read us on your channel, thank you so much for your time. So I live in a small town inland of the coast of New South Wales. I say in a town, but the house is situated a few kilometers out of the town. It is the kind of area you can see your neighbors in the distance, but you would really have to be screaming bloody murder for anyone to really hear you. A few more kilometers up the road, and it turns to the solid bush in National Park. It is an old dirt road with trees on either side. Quiet, apart from a few dirt bike riders who go there mostly on weekends, and the occasional lost car, four-wheel drive, or person collecting wood. So for me, it was the perfect place to walk my dogs. On the day in question... I was out with my two dogs, a Great Dane and a Husky, and my mom's dog, a Scotty Terrier. My Husky likes to misbehave, so to stop her from taking off into the bush at the smell of a kangaroo, she is on an extender leash. My Dane is loyal to the core, so he is off-leash, and so is the Scotty. She can be a pain and run off, but usually comes back. So this bush road has what it is called Fire roads. I believe they were put there as an escape route, just in case if people get stuck in bushfires, but I'm not entirely sure. These little beat up paths are 20 times tougher than the already rough dirt road I walk along. I was heading back towards home at this stage when suddenly all the dogs freeze up. For a moment, I thought it must have been a kangaroo or a wallaby, and instinctively grabbed my husky's leash tighter. She always pulled my arm off when she saw or smelt a kangaroo, but they all stood frozen. I could see the fur on my Danes' back standing on end as they stared ahead towards the fire trail that branched off. For a moment, I thought it must have been a person and they were on edge because they had not expected to see someone, but as I took the time to look at what the three of them were staring at, I finally saw it, a brown-colored shadow. In a thinner area of trees before the dirt track about 15 meters away now i walked this road nearly daily so i knew each damn log in this area and it was not something i had seen before this was confirmed when the thing suddenly shot off and moved it was fast like abnormally fast the kind of speed you would expect for someone on a motorbike but there was no motor in fact Despite my straining ears, I could not hear a sound. No cracking of sticks, no rustling of branches. It just took off into the thicker trees after standing there and watching me for a good ten seconds or so. I was sure I had to be going mad, but as I looked at the dogs, all their heads were turned, staring in the same direction this thing had vanished. It took me another thirty seconds, standing, listening, before I finally managed to move forward towards the spot this thing had been... I had to pass it to get home. As I walked past it, the dogs all acted very strange. My normally brave husky would not go near the spot, kind of sniffing at it from a distance then pulling ahead. The Dane did a full circle of the spot going to the furthest point on the other side of the road to avoid it. His tail was tucked between his legs and the Scotty followed him, cowering in a shadow. I had never seen them act like this before. Normally, if there was an animal or a scent, they would all barge each other to sniff it, but they wanted nothing to do with this spot. If it were a person, my dame would normally go into defense mode and stand guard, so I do not think that is what this was. Walking in this area so often, I knew the sounds of kangaroos, wallabies, birds, snakes, even feral deer, but this thing? It moved like it did not touch the ground. Not a sound. Had the dogs not been there, and reacted at the same time. I would have thought I was just imagining it or I was insane. But the silence of the bush after, it made me feel not so right. The whole way back I just felt like I was being watched. I kept looking back over my shoulder, but I kept seeing and hearing nothing. As I left the bushy area, I began to feel more at ease and the dogs began to relax. Honestly, I don't know what I saw that day. There isn't much on Australian paranormal stuff except for yowies and spirits. But this figure was too big for a person. It seemed wide and solid. More like that of a bear on its hind legs. It had a full build, and it seemed very tall. But clearly, there aren't any bears or any animals like that in Australia. So, what did I see? What did my dog see? It must have really spooked them because I have never seen them act that way, and they have never act that way again. Then again, I have made sure I have walked with more people more often. While I felt uncomfortable and nervous, I do not know if I was in danger or whatever it was. I mean, it did not attack me, though I felt like it followed me for a while. Either way, I certainly would not ever be going there without my dogs. About three years ago, I lived in a small Indiana town. Even as a kid, I always wanted to live there. It is the perfect town. Not too big, but everything is within a few minutes' drive. Groceries, bowling, movies, and bars. The house I rented at the time was on a quiet street that sat at the very bottom of a valley. I never really knew anyone around me other than the neighbors that lived just north of me. After a couple of years of living there... I was sitting on my roof porch one evening when I see this girl that I've never seen before. I could tell that she clearly was not from around there. She was kind of a hippie looking girl and you really did not see that in a small town like this. She was walking down the sidewalk with her phone trying to get service. She turned and asked me if I knew of a good spot to get cell service. I told her it was hard because of the way the valley was and the only way I normally got service was by Wi-Fi calling through my internet provider. She kept walking, and that was the last I had ever seen of her. A few minutes later, the neighbor that lived next door came over to me and asked if I knew who that girl was. I told her no in what happened with the girl asking about the cell phone service. My neighbor then proceeded to tell me that that girl was actually some kind of paranormal investigator from Texas. She and a couple of her friends were paid to come to this town every year by some neighbors a little further up the street. My neighbor began to tell me all these weird stories that came out of the house, and that apparently there was proof of it all. Doors opening and closing on their own, digital clocks changing from numbers to words, and even some recordings of people talking to spirits or ghosts, apparently. Of course, I took this all with a grain of salt." I am always down for a good ghost story, but I'll be honest, I've never really fully believed in them. As far as I knew, the investigators stayed for a few days before they took off back to Texas. I never heard of them finding or discovering anything, really. A couple of weeks went by, and I forgot all about this. I was working the night shift at the time at a state prison not far from Indianapolis. I would come home every day at about 7am, take a shower, and go right to bed. Suddenly, I started having very vivid dreams, paranormal types of dreams. Usually something was chasing me or attacking me, but I could never quite see them. I would eventually scare myself awake, sit up in bed until I calmed down for a little bit and then I would go back to sleep until it was time to get back up and ready for work. This happened for a few weeks and I did not think anything of it other than just having some nightmares. Then the sleep paralysis started. I always had my phone sitting up in a way that I could just roll over and be able to see the time on the always-on display. I would begin having these same nightmares again, where something would either be chasing me or attacking me or something of the like, but I could not see what it was or where they were coming from. Then I would try to wake up and I would open my eyes just enough and I was able to look at my phone, but other than that, I was unable to move. What really freaked me out, though, was that I could see something floating in the corner of my bedroom just above my phone. It did not have a face, but it would just sit there in the corner of the ceiling, looking down at me. I would eventually go back to sleep and wake up and get ready for work when my alarm went off. To be honest, I was kind of enjoying it in a weird way. I always described it to people as going through a haunted house. I'm scared to death while it is happening, but after I wake up I just kind of laugh it off and thought, man, that was wild. This was happening on an almost daily basis. Every day would be the same thing around the same time, anywhere between 10am and 10.30am. In 2018, I started a new job at a university and moved closer to my job. I got a new two-bedroom apartment and I've lived there ever since. I have never had these dreams or sleep paralysis since. Could any of that been related to the neighbors that lived up the street from me? Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true middle-of-nowhere horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to slap that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it to fresh new eyes and that helps the swamp grow its ever-expanding waters. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Be sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications so you don't miss a new episode. I upload multiple new videos, multiple times a week, on all things natural and supernatural. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite swamp dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free. From Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free to do so and always will be. I'd love to know, in the comments down below, what story was your favorite tonight. It helps me pick out better stories in the future, and I just love reading your reviews about the stories. Also, if you made it to the very end, today's code word is Scattering Tree. Be sure to comment that down below. The funniest comment will get pinned at the top, per usual. I really appreciate you guys for supporting the swamp. It's great to see you guys here for another new year, and I'm excited to keep sharing some cool and new stories for you. Be sure to submit them on in if you have some to share, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.